the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello, this is Dr. Adrian Torres. I'm here with John Torres, Director of Truth in My Days Ministries, for a discussion on another important topic. John, last time we discussed an external contradiction. External historical data seemed to contradict the Gospel book's portrayal of Pontius Pilate. And we saw that there was no contradiction at all. The gospel book's portrayal is completely correct. Now, you mentioned there are also charges of internal contradictions in the Bible. That is, where something said in one part of the Bible contradicts something said elsewhere in the Bible. Could we look at one of those? Uh, sure. Uh, this sort of charge is usually, not always, but usually brought against the gospel books because in the gospel books, you have four accounts covering the same topic, the ministry, miracles, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's easy setting them side by side to find discrepancies among them and then claim that these are contradictions. Skeptics actually do this all the time. But as I explained in detail on our series on dealing with supposed errors in the Bible, this sort of discrepancy is actually not a problem. It's only a problem if it's an actual contradiction, two things that cannot be reconciled, cannot be put together. If I write in one place, I was born in Montreal, and in another place, I was born in Canada, those are two different statements. But they are not contradictions because Montreal is in Canada. Now, if you didn't know that, it would sound like a contradiction. But it really isn't. It is a discrepancy, but it's not a contradiction because they can fit together. On the other hand, if I said in one place, I was born in Canada, and in another place, I was born in Hungary, that would be a contradiction. There's no way to fit those two together. So what the skeptic has to do is not find discrepancies and point at those, but he actually has to find contradictions. And that is what they try to do. So can we look at one of the Yeats' actual contradictions and see how we can respond? Well, I would say they're not actual contradictions, one of these that they would point to as being one. And uh, we'll look at one that comes up all the time. It has to do with Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. This event is described three times in the Bible. The narrative description is in Acts chapter 9. And then two other places in the book of Acts, chapter 22 and chapter 26, there's a narrative in which Paul recounts the event. And it's important to understand the difference. In chapter 9, the Bible is saying this happened. In chapter 22 and chapter 26, the Bible says Paul said these things. All right? So it's important to maintain that distinction. Now, skeptics claim that in the first two accounts, specifically in Acts chapter 9, verse 7, and Acts chapter 22, verse 9, there's a direct contradiction on the matter of whether Paul's companions heard the voice of Jesus speaking to Paul on the road to Damascus or not. This one is a good one to look at because it's considered so notorious that when Zondervan, in a CounterPoint series, published a book called Five Views of Biblical Inerrancy, this supposed contradiction was one of three test cases that they used to see how the five views of inerrancy could possibly deal with it. Okay, so that sounds like a good one to check. Let's do it. All right, let's go over the passages first. 
Acts chapter 9, verses 3 to 9, we read this. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. And now that's the narrative version. That's the Bible telling us what happened. In the second event, Paul is relating what happened. And this is what he says in Acts 22, verses 6 to 11. Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon. Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of those who are with me, I came into Damascus. What about the third account in Acts 26? For this matter, it's irrelevant because in Acts 26, when Paul recounts the account again, he doesn't mention whether or not the others heard a voice. So it, it doesn't have any bearing on this supposed contradiction. What it comes down to specifically are these two verses, Acts 9-7 and Acts 22-9, and the first one, they're both about the men with him. The first one says they were hearing a voice but seeing no one, and the second one says they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So hearing a voice against they did not hear the voice. Well, that surely looks like a contradiction. How do you explain that? Skeptics certainly think it is a contradiction, and they, they readily attack on this. Uh, Alden Bass from Apologetics Press writes this, Acts 9-7 records that the men traveling with Saul, later known as the Apostle Paul, heard a voice, while Paul states in Acts 22-9 that they did not hear a voice. This alleged contradiction is a favorite of atheist Dan Barker, a denominational preacher turned infidel, whose self-proclaimed mission since the early 1980s has been to inform humanity of what he refers to as the delusion of Christianity. And Dan Barker is just one of them. This is very, very commonly used as a base to attack the Bible. Now, before we look into the details of the supposed contradiction, let's look at how the passages are translated in some of the common versions used by people. If we look at the NIV, Acts 9-7 says, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, they heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Whereas in Acts 22.9, it says, My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. Hey, that's different. That doesn't look like a contradiction. So why do skeptics say it is? 
You're correct. It does look different. Uh, Acts here says they heard the sound. Acts 22 9 says they did not understand the voice. So perhaps they heard it, but they just didn't understand it. The NIV here translates it differently from the first one we saw. And let's look at a few of the other translations and see what we see. Can you clarify the first passages that you read from? What version that was? That was the New King James Version. Okay. So the ESV, English Standard Version, Acts 9-7, it says, The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. And then in Acts 22-9, Now those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of one who was speaking to me. So you see the same thing here as you saw in the NIV. In chapter 9, it's hearing the voice. In 22, did not understand the voice. But here you'll see there's a footnote. What what does the footnote actually say there? It says Acts 22.9, or hear with understanding. Ah, so they translate it as understand, but they tell it really means hear with understanding. So Acts 9, hearing the voice, Acts 22, they did not hear the voice with understanding. So a little different shade, but what you see in the English translation isn't necessarily exactly what you see in the Greek. Well, I can understand how that can be because sometimes you hear a noise and people mumbling and they're in the distance talking, but you cannot figure out what they're saying. So you're hearing, but you're not understanding the speech. Theoretically, that is, of course, possible. The question is, though, the way it's worded in the Greek, does it allow for that? Let's look at the New American Standard Bible, supposedly most accurate, according to some people, in Acts Nine, they translate verse seven as the men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. And then 22.9 says, did not understand the voice of one who was speaking to me. So here you have the same kind of differences in the two translations, hearing in chapter nine, understanding in chapter 22. But there's another difference as well. You see in chapter nine says hearing the voice. And here we have a footnote with the word voice. And the footnote says, or sound. Yeah, so it could be sound, hearing the sound. And in Acts chapter 22, 9, once again, you have a footnote by understand. What does the footnote say? It says, or hear, bracket with comprehension. Yeah, so here you see, similarly to what you see in the SV, it says hear with comprehension, but it, it brackets the with comprehension because they're intimating that the Greek word simply does mean hear. So if that's what they would put into 22, then you have hearing the voice, did not hear the voice. You'd have that contradiction there. So the question becomes, why do they pick what they put into translations as opposed to what's in the footnotes? If we look at the HCSB, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which now just goes by the name Christian Standard Bible, what we see here is, once again, hearing the sound in chapter 9, they did not hear the voice in chapter 22. So these are the two things that translators appeal to, to try to make no contradiction. They will take that word that's translated as here in both chapters in the New King James, and they will change the here to understand in chapter 22. Or they will look at the second word, And they'll translate it as sound in one passage and change it to voice in the other. 
Now, if we do that, sure, we can make the contradiction disappear. The question, though, is, is it legitimate? If we look at the original Greek, we will see that in chapter 9, for here, he uses the word akuo, and for sound, phony. And then you look at chapter 22, you see it's the exact same two words. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.